Now, the moment you've all been waiting for. Testing, testing, check, check, check. Hello there, this is funny lady Judith Lucy. Hi, this is Joel Creasy. Hey, this is Fiona O'Loughlin. Hi guys, McLaughlin here, that would be of the Craig variety. Hi, this is Shana Blaze. Hello, this is Tom Ballard. Hi, this is Melissa Cap. G'day, this is Scamo, Scott Morrison. Hi, this is Reese Nicholson. Hi, Gina Liano from the Real Housewives of Melbourne. Hi, this is Reese Mastin. Hi, this is JC Fox. This is Kathy Griffin. Hey, this is Todd McCollum. Hello, this is Weird Al Yankovic. Hello everybody, it's Omar Rudberg, and you're listening to the Troy Murphy Show. Troy Murphy laughing at me in the other studio. Oh, he's dancing to my radio vet. Hello, Troy. The last couple of shows I've listened to the Troy Murphy show, I've nearly had a couple of accidents because my eyes have been watering with laughter so much. Is it me? Am I the problem? Surely I can't be the only one that thinks that the world is going bananas. With doctors last summer claiming the term morbidly obese to be ditched. Look, I understand morbidly obese is not a glamorous term, but unlike the morbidly obese lifestyle, one should not have to sugarcoat everything to explain that it's problematic. He's ready for his close-up. It's the Troy Murphy Show. Ladies, gentlemen, them, they and all, welcome to the Troy Murphy Show. I'm, of course, your host, Troy Murphy, and this, as the name suggests, is the Troy Murphy Show. Yes, that's right, it's that glorious time of the week again. Thursday nights from 7pm when the Troy Murphy Show graces the troublesome bandwidth and airwaves for an exciting adventure of talk till 8pm. The Troy Murphy Show is the Sutherland Shire's very own news, opinion and talk show, covering everything from the fun news to the serious news. We talk what's trending and what's happening locally. It's a show with something for everyone on your Thursday night as we do the serious stuff at the front, local stuff in the middle, and fun stuff towards the end of the show. Where, and here comes the disclaimer, the opinions presented on this show are that of my own and not the view of the stations or other presenters. We're on the show this week. <laughs> we're, well, we're in Canberra this week. We're in Canberra for the last sitting week of the year. We'll talk this week in politics and how it's not looking good for Albo and the Labor government. We'll take a look at the voice to Parliament. Yeah, I know it's over, but there was a wrap-up survey. We'll chat about that. In local news, Shire Mayor Camillo Pesci talks about the local density and housing development developments. There's a lot of development going on. And also, the push on TikTok to boycott Coles and Woolies ahead of Christmas, the latest trend in male beauty, and how that could be damaging to personal relationships. We'll look at Chinese to English translation mishaps. Oh, that's going to get a good look in. And how hugging cows is the latest trend in self-care. All that. And so much more tonight here on the Troy Murphy Show. And with that, let's dive headfirst into this week's show without any safety gear on, of course, because that's how we do things here on the show, responsibly, with the intent to have fun, to entertain, and to share my opinion on the news of the day. Don't try this at home. 2SSRFM, the home of the Troy Murphy Show. 
for tuning in. You are listening to this here, The Troy Murphy Show. And as I've said already, we are down here in Canberra for Sitting Week this week, taking a look at what's going on in the world of politics. And, you know, I'm in there, I'm watching Question Time every day, seeing the politicians doing their who and their ha, uh, and patting themselves on the back and saying how wonderful they are. And ain't the Albanese Labor government doing that this week? Completely oblivious to the reality that is what's going on in the rest of the world outside of the Canberra bubble. And it is indeed a Canberra bubble. Bubble. I, I am sitting in here at the moment and it's bubble-esque. It's bubbling! What happened in the rest of the world this week that the Albanese government is completely, completely forgetting while they tell themselves and lecture the opposition on on how well they're doing for Australia. Well, they seem to have forgotten that a poll dropped this week. Look, let's get this out at the front here. I know polls aren't 100% reliable. We've seen polls get it wrong in the past. However, things seem to be getting a little bit better with polls, but always with polling, you take it with a grain of salt. But it is news, and it is a news poll. And even though that is a little bit right-leaning when they do polls, there's been a few out this week, and all the polls sort of say the same thing, and that is that Australia is backing away from the Albanese Labor government. A news poll survey indicated that 50% of Australians feel financially worse off under the current Labor government. This sentiment is particularly strong among the 35 to 49 year old demographic with 60% expressing dissatisfaction. Key issues include the rising cost of living, interest rate hikes and economic pressures. The Labor government led by Anthony Albanese is facing criticism for its handling of these issues with calls for more effective measures beyond the existing $23 billion cost of living plan that the Albanese government keep cheering on that they are doing for the country. A notable point of contention with all of this is the government's in approach to industrial relations reform. With the closing loopholes bill facing opposition from business groups and crossbench MPs. Now, the concern over the bill's potential unintended consequences, particularly on small businesses and the economy, the backbone of the country. And all you have to do is jump online to see that there are people all over the country not shy of commenting about the cost of living crisis. Quote, this is what happens when a government focuses more on political posturing than actual economic management. Another quote I found online, Labor's approach seems more like a band-aid solution rather than a well thought out e economic strategy, end quote. And ain't that the truth? It appears we have a prime minister who is out of his depth 
and a Labor government that is out of ideas and in chaos. Chaos indeed. And that's just on the economics of running a country. Let's not even get started on the borders and national security and immigration and energy and this whole weird thing about age verification on uh, watching adult film content that they've been speaking about all week, of which the coalition do support, but I've got questions. I've got a lot of questions because it involves collecting personal data like your age and your name and all that sort of stuff. Where does that go? Where does that go? But that's a topic for discussion at a later time. Probably. Maybe not. I know how some or how sensitive some listeners can get when you start talking about that kind of stuff. Anyway, back back to the back to the poll news poll revealing that 50% of Australians feel financially worse off under the current Labor government. This poll reflects growing public dissatisfaction with the government's economic management, with interest rates and cost of living issues indicating that these are the key concerns for everyone across the country and should be the first, the second and the third thing that the Albanese government put as a priority of how they run the joint. Heaven forbid that there was a government that was so in tune with the people who elected to put them in the place to run the joint that they had the foresight to create policy that would help us with cost of living and reduce inflation. The rest of the world is going down when it comes to inflation. We're not. We keep going up. And the government keep talking about, you know, foreign interferences that are affecting our inflation rates, which then in turn increases cost of living. But when you have the head honcho of the Reserve Bank come out and say, uh, no, actually, sorry, it's, it's all domestic issues that is increasing cost of living. Well, it's almost time for the Albanese Labor government to go back to the drawing board and start thinking about it. Luckily, this is the last sitting week for the year, although I think they're sitting another day next week, but you know, who cares about that? That's just to finish up business and maybe do some Christmas parties. Hopefully then they've got a few months while they're on break to think about, hmm, how can we fix this issue for Australians as they go into one of the most expensive Christmases we've ever had. And don't quote me on that, that's just me being dramatic for the sake of the theatre of radio. And it's not just cost of living that is an issue for the Albanese Labour government, no. No, the whole party is in trouble as support has dropped for the Labour Party in the latest news poll and even support for Anthony Albanese as Prime Minister is, has dropped. The recent news poll findings reveal a significant shift in Australian political landscape. Labor's primary vote fell to 31%, a drop of four points in three weeks, now lower than its 2022 election result of 32.6%. The coalition's primary vote increased to 38%, marking its highest level since the last election. For the first time, Labor and the coalition are tied at 50-50 in two-party preferred terms. 
the Greens' support has increased, increased to 13%, while minor parties and independents rose to 12%. So Labor's bleeding at the seams, Coalition's grown a little bit, and the Greens and, and the independents, well, they're gaining a little bit too. Labor's, Labor is potentially facing losing its majority in the House of Representatives, say if there were election tomorrow, indicating a 2.1% national swing against the government. And the Prime Minister, Mr Anthony Albanese, his approval rating has significantly dropped now equal to that of Liberal leader Peter Dutton. And why is all this I hear you ask? Well, great question, my friend. Great question. The drop in support has everything and anything to do with a handful of key issues and the handling of these key issues, like the voice referendum failure, immigration detention policies, the response to foreign policy challenges, cost of living, like we mentioned before. And on top of that, the Albanese Labour government's perceived lack of clear direction, especially in the face of the cost of living crisis. I said it before and I'll say it again, the decline in, the, in Labor's primary vote reflects growing public discontent with the government's performance. And they're only halfway through the first term. I, I've said it before here on the show, I'll state it again, I only think that the Albanese Labor government will survive one turn. Dutton will get in next time, but he'll only be, be there for one turn. Then Labor will be back for another two terms and then Liberal Party again. I would bet money on that if I were a betting man. And it, when, when it comes to the coalition, the rise in their support suggests a shift in public sentiment, potentially driven by the government's handling of current issues. Either that, either that or people are starting to see through the political spin and the, the media catastrophizing of all the, the minor issues, the social issues, the easy picking issues that the, lay, that the, the media tend to focus on and the, the Labour Party when it comes to the coalition government in gov when they are in government as opposed to how they run the joint. Look at what they do, not at what they say. And when it comes to the increase in support for the Greens and minor parties, well, this indicates a fragmented voter base, with some voters seeking alternatives to the major parties. But don't forget, don't forget, if you are voting independent or Greens or One Nation, remember, a lot of their votes go on to be preference votes for the major parties. So if you are gonna vote that way, know which way their preference go so you know who you're really voting for. I speak as though there's an election coming up. It almost feels like there should be one with how bad things are getting at the moment. And Anthony Albanese's plummeting approval rating mirror, mirror the government's declining popularity, raising concerns about his leadership. This also reflects, reflects what happened with both Rudd and Gillard in their time in politics. They, they went in with a, you know, very popular, things were gonna change, they promised the world, and they were on the same traje 
trajectory as what Albo is now, or Albo is on the same trajectory as they were back then, just going down and down with popularity as we see what they come to government and deliver. Watch what they do, not what they say. But the biggest, the biggest concern of all this, not concern, but I guess what the majority of political analysts are saying at the point right now, if we were to go to an election now, that this could mean a loss of seats for Labour, not necessarily going to the coalition, but to independents and the Greens, which would mean that Labour would still remain in power. They would still lead the government, but in a minority government, uh, indicating a significant political shift. And we all know, we all know that a minority government, this, this is what happened under Gillard, it is an absolute basket case of trying to get things done for the country. If you thought things were bad <laughs> under Scott Morrison, well, politics today, one might say that Australian politics, politics is experiencing its own reality TV show, show moment with plot twists and unexpected character arcs like Albanese's failing approval ratings. And of course, the suspenseful. Who will come out on top scenario? It's as if the electorate, the country, the nation, they've decided to spice things up rather than uh, letting the governments run the place. <laughs> Ensuring political analysis and avid followers stay glued to their screens or radio like you are for the next dramatic update. And of course, we're, we're here for the ride, my friends. We are here for the ride, here on The Troy Murphy Show, two double SRs only, hour-long talk show covering all the latest and greatest in the news, including political analysis. Stay tuned. More from The Troy Murphy Show coming up right after this. Whether you're growing older, rehabilitating or living with a disability, help is always here at AidaCare. Our new showroom in Sylvania isn't the only reason people choose AidaCare. It's also the information you gain from a chat with our people. Stay informed about the latest equipment, streamlined procedures and funding options available to you by calling 1300 133 120 or visiting adacare.com.au. Adacare is a registered NTIS provider, home care supplier and DVA specialist, and is a proud sponsor of 2SSR. In Australia, only 13% of people keep fish. 9% of households without a pet and 17% with a pet are interested in keeping fish. The three reasons they don't keep fish are that they think it is harder, more expensive and more time consuming than it is. All three reasons are a myth depending on what setup you choose. A simple tropical setup is actually the easiest and cheapest pet you can get. Pop in and visit us at Majestic Aquarium's Tarrant Point or follow us on our social media and learn how far fish keeping has come in the last few years. Majestic Aquariums are proud sponsors of 2SR. 2SR can help you promote your business with an innovative and inexpensive marketing plan. Our in-house team will help you design a campaign, voice the audio, and give it the professional production values you need. To find out more, call us on 9545 or email info at 2SR.com.au to organise a talk with our experienced marketing team. 
Hi, it's Kale. Hope you can join me for Friday Night Live every Friday from 7 to 9pm for a mix of pop and indie music, interviews with interesting people and all the music and entertainment news from the Shire, Sydney and beyond. Friday Night Live, 7pm on 2SSR 99.7 FM. I'll see you there. And now let's check out what's happening around our glorious Sutherland Shire. From November 25th to January 28th next year in 2024, Hazelhurst Gallery is hosting a unique event called Obsessed Southern Sydney Collectors. This exhibit is a celebration of eclectic and passionate collectors from the Shire, showcasing an astonishing array of collections that encompass art, ceramics, vintage, fashion, and much, much more. Prepare to be amazed by Graham Blondell's vibrant contemporary art collection, and surf enthusiasts will love Adam Scard's extensive array of over 200 surfboards. Fashionistas, will appreciate the elegance of Glennis Murphy's vintage clothing connection. And if you've joined the dots with those last names, yes, Glennis is a relative. She is an aunt of mine and her vintage clothing collection is magnificent. You want to check that out. Also, don't miss Michael Bardeski's exquisite Australian pottery pieces. But that's not all. The exhibition also includes fascinating historical domestic items from the Sutherland Shire Museum, captivating toys from the Sutherland Shire Toy Restoration Centre and an array of rare stamps courtesy of the Sutherland Shire Philatic Society. Plus, private collections featuring Beatles memorabilia, skateboards, unique uranium glass pieces, cameras, pop culture figurines, puppets... Puppets! Oh, I'm excited for that. And I know the guy whose puppets they are, as well as snow globes, Warhammer minifigures, badges, mobile phones, and model trains. This is a must-visit event for collectors, enthusiasts, and anyone interested in the extraordinary hobbies of our local community. Entry is free, so don't miss this opportunity to dive into the world of collecting and meet the passionate individuals behind these fascinating collectors. Hazelhurst Gallery, from November 25th to January 28th, 2024. Never miss a beat. Follow The Troy Murphy Show Facebook page. Search The Troy Murphy Show. We haven't spoken about this one for a while here on the Troy Murphy Show. Thanks for tuning in. The Voice to Parliament. Yes, I know it's all done and dusted and over with, but look, you know, there's some new data and we need to talk about it here on the show. The Australian National University, the ANU, has conducted a new study of over 4,000 Australians focusing on the recent referendum concerning the Indigenous voice to Parliament. The study has found that 41.5% of respondents would have voted yes to recognise Indigenous people in the Constitution, while 9.2% were a certain of a no vote. Surprisingly, 29.3% were undecided and sought more details. A notable discrepancy emerged in the study's finding comparing the actual referendum outcome. 
which was rejected 60% to 40%. Despite the referendum's failure, 87% of those surveyed believed Indigenous Australians should have a say in the matters affecting them, and 76% of those who voted no still thought Indigenous people deserved a voice in key policy decisions. The math here ain't adding up. And why is that? Well, co-author Nicholas Biddle pointed out that voters were not opposed to the idea of constitutional recognition itself, but rather the specific model proposed. In fact, 61.7% would have likely voted yes in a referendum on a broad constitutional recognition compared to only 12.5% who would have probably or definitely voted no. Additionally, a majority of voters, 79.4%, believe the federal government should aid in reconciliation efforts and 80.5% supported formal truth-telling processes. Despite these findings, Prime Minister Anthony Albanese highlighted that treaty negotiations are occurring at the state level and not federally. So this, the largest and most comprehensive survey on the Indigenous Voice to Parliament has found that the model put by the Albanese government was the key reason the referendum failed amid widespread support for a broader definition of constitutional recognition. Backing up what I had been saying for the entire time this voice was a debate uh, in politics and what we were covering here on the show. In fact, it, it mirrors. It mirrors exactly what I was saying here on the show to the country's temperature on the issue, but also my own personally. Wanted to vote yes, but needed more detail from the Albanese Labor government. Now, I don't know. I don't have a crystal ball. I don't know what's going to happen with this whole voice treaty truth process from the Albanese Labor government. I don't think anytime soon is the right time for the, the government to be talking about this or to be pushing any agendas on this issue. The country's just not ready for it. It voted overwhelmingly no, and it wouldn't do the government any support whatsoever. You know, in the last break, we talk about how support is dwindling and the voice was part of that. But I also don't think that we have seen the last of this and that we will see this pop up again sometime soon, potentially at the next election as, you know, vote for us again and we'll do X, Y, Z, read this issue as an election commitment to get in to try and convince those who were heavily yes supporters to vote for them at the next election but what that will involve well we'll have to wait watch and see because even though it is suggestion suggested that the states will have their own versions of the voice i don't think the albanese labor government want that thunder taken away from them again we will wait watch and see. Never miss a show? Listen on demand. Click The Troy Murphy Show on the 2SSR.com.au homepage program guide.
All right, let's do it. Let's have some fun. It's time for the quick quiz here on the Troy Murphy Show. Five quick quiz question, of which you have three seconds to correctly guess the answer before it is revealed. Are you ready to play? Let's begin. Question number one. Mosquitoes have how many legs? Mosquitoes. The answer, six. Mosquitoes have six legs. Question number two. According to a common proverb, the squeaky wheel gets what? The squeaky wheel gets what? The answer in three seconds time. The answer to that question, the squeaky wheel gets the grease. Or I will also take oil as a correct answer. Question number three, what is the capital city of Thailand? The answer's Bangkok. Question number four, in rugby league, yes, the sports question, a conversion is worth how many points in rugby league? The correct answer is two. Now for the final question, question number five. What citrus fruit has a variety called the star ruby? I'll ask the question again. What citrus fruit has a variety called the Star Ruby? The answer we're looking for is grapefruit. There you go. That's the quick quiz. How'd you do? Let us know. Hit us up on the Troy Murphy Show Facebook page or Instagram page. Send us a message with how many you guessed correct and I will respond with little trophy emojis with the amount you guessed correct. That's the game. Plenty more coming up right after this. Take a look at the news that broke across the Sutherland Shire this week. Let's take a look at the news that broke across the Sutherland Shire this week. In a recent interview on Sky News, Sutherland Shire Mayor Camillo Pesci has criticised the excessive bureaucracy in the New South Wales' planning laws when it comes to streamlining construction projects for new housing. He described the current system as bogged down with red tape, complicating and slowing down the planning process. I think that relies on the, the, uh, the red tape. Uh, red tape comes all the way from the state government. If they can release the red tape to allow our planners to make the okay. decisions a lot quicker, well, be, that be would specific. help. What, what are you talking about? Well, there's a lot of restrictions where our planners uh, have different controls that they've got to tick boxes 
it's about un allowing them not to make sure that you know certain things are don't fit all in one box and to allow common sense and to allow um, the government to give our planners to release that red tape to allow them to make decisions a lot quicker would be easier. This critique comes as the New South Wales government prepares to introduce reforms aimed at streamlining construction projects. These reforms are part of a broader strategy to address the state's housing crisis by compelling councils to revoke long-standing restrictions on building various types of housing, including terraces, townhouses and two-storey apartment blocks. By lifting these bans, the Minns government anticipates the creation of 112,000 new homes across regions like the Greater Sydney, Hunter, Illawarra, the Central Coast and of course the Sutherland Shire. This effort contributes to the state's goal of constructing 377,000 new homes by 2029. Sutherland Shire Mayor Camillo Pesci emphasised the need for state government intervention to reduce bureaucratic hurdles allowing planners to make fast, more efficient decisions. The New South Wales state government's recent planning reforms are not only aimed at fast-tracking a broader diversity of housing types, but also at increasing density, particularly in suburban areas. Mayor Camillo Pesci spoke about increasing density across the Sutherland Shire and some of the problems that are associated with that. We already have those controls in place. Uh, we allow in 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 our in the Southern Shire, we allow high rises around within 700 metres of a train station. Mm. Uh, we have that already in play. Um, but again, you need to deliver the infrastructure of you know, transport. Yeah. You know, when you're cutting when you're cutting uh, services to the area, how are you going to move people around? What are you talking about there, Carmelo? Are you talking about buses and trains or better roads? Train. And if you could give me more, yeah, okay, so where should, yeah. are you talking about better facilities at existing stations or you want to see more trains to different areas? Well, you need, you, you need more trains and you need them to be travelling at a quicker time frame instead of spread out through, you know, you, you probably need trains travelling as you would travel to the city every five to 10 minutes. These measures are part of a comprehensive strategy to address the housing crisis in New South Wales by boosting supply and diversity while ensuring that developments contribute positively to the community. And that's Sutherland Shire Local News. Two double SR FM, the home of the Troy Murphy Show. Outset of this next break, I, I want to set out at the front that um, I'm neither advocating for what is going on, I'm not promoting what is going on, I'm simply reporting what is going on. And what is going on, which I'm not promoting and I'm not advocating for, is a call on TikTok for people to boycott supermarkets the supermarket chains, Woolworths and Coles. And this boycott is gaining momentum online. Why are people asking for these very popular monopoly of supermarket chains to be boycott? Well, during this cost of living crisis that we are going through, 
it appears that both these chains are jacking up their prices higher than what inflation is to the point where it's way above inflation and when you compare it to some of the smaller chains that do offer decent discounts their prices are sometimes double if not triple where you can get elsewhere and of course there are concerns from people complaining on social media calling for these boycotts that it is because of their dominance in the Australian market that is causing these price hikes. Again, causing issue because these higher prices are further impacting the economic issues impacted by Australians' finances. Let's take a listen to some of the complaints right now. Fair call, let's do a direct price comparison. In Australia right now, if you buy these four items, soap, dishwasher tablets, shampoo, and sunscreen from Woolworths, you are going to pay $135. That is six hours working for some people, and if you're an apprentice, I'm sorry, like, I don't know, two days? Get these same items from different retailers who may be evil, we don't know. This is just to show how much Woolworths is marking up their items and profiteering. Same items, instead of $135, $89.50. Boycott Woolworths. And also, this sunscreen doesn't work. Do not buy it from anyone ever. Fair call. Let's do a direct price comparison. There are so many videos online about this. We could probably spend the entire show playing it where you have people going into either chain and looking at the the sale sticker, you know, where it says was X amount, now X amount, much well, supposed to be much lower. And they lift up <laughs> the tag to see the price underneath. And the price underneath is cheaper than what they're saying it was and almost exactly the same, if not exactly the same, as what it's on sale as. You've got other people going to their local greengrocer to show the difference between prices in the major supermarkets to the local greengrocer. For instance, one gentleman went around to show the price difference in bananas and it was over a dollar a kilogram. Now, you know, that's, that's, that's well, look, let's be honest, that's smart shopping. We all know that. We, we all know that we pay a little bit extra for convenience. But I will wonder, I wonder how this public pressure will have an effect on the major chains and what the little guys will do to combat this. This is something I reckon we should continue to watch and see how public pressure and collective public pressure can force these supermarkets who have a monopoly on how we shop to see if we can, as the people, well, not we as in, because I don't want to include myself in that because I'm not part of any sort of boycott or ban, um, how the people who are protesting this can affect change with the big brands. Let's wait, watch and see. Never miss a beat. Follow The Troy Murphy Show Facebook page. Search The Troy Murphy Show.
Thanks for tuning in. You are listening to this here, the Troy Murphy Show, as we come to you live from the portable Studio 3 all the way down in Canberra for sitting week this week. Now, as we do our fun stuff here on this show, an article that caught my eye uh, details an experience of a woman on Reddit. Now, often when we talk about beauty trends, the more ludicrous ones come from the female variety of our species. And I know some of you out there might be going, shock horror, Troy, that's sexist. But let's be honest, most beauty standards and the weird ones and the practices do come from the females. But, alas... It's the gentlemen who are being subjected to this digital and audio taunt this week as a woman has taken to Reddit to ask for advice in how to deal with her boyfriend's obsession with mewing. M-E-W-I-N-G. And I'm not misreading that as in meowing by dropping a note. No, this is mewing. I originally thought it was meowing. I'm thinking, that dude's weird. He's meowing like a cat and it's annoying his girlfriend. But no, it's mewing. What is mewing, I hear you ask? Well, good question, my friends. Mewing is a technique that is purported to enhance jawline aesthetics. And the way it works is that you, uh, I believe, you put your tongue at the top of your mouth, the roof of your mouth, and you hold it there with your lips sealed. And like I said before, this is supposed to align the jaw make it more symmetrical with the nose and give it more definition. Does it work? Well, there's no real data to show it does, but this dude in this relationship with the female person, woman, can you say that anymore? Who knows? Uh, Well, he seems to think so to the point where he's stopped talking to her and opted only to communicate with her via text message in order to maintain his jawline posture. And it's gotten worse. It's gotten so bad that he has now started advocating for this beauty practice to the extent where he's going out and distributing pamphlets hopefully silently, which is potentially a good thing because there's nothing worse than having someone try to shove a pamphlet in your face whilst telling you all about their cause. If this guy's practising what he's preaching, he'd have his mouth shut and his tongue on the roof of his mouth and being very quiet about it. (laughs) Now, of course, the woman went to uh, online for a little bit of help and, well, hilarity... (laughs) ensued most people just telling her to get rid of him people saying things like he is ridiculous kick him out of your life and uh 
Quote, once people go down this rabbit hole, they rarely turn back. <laughs> Gotta love Reddit. Now, let's take a look at this with our bit of a serious hat on. Mewing, whilst popular, does lack substantial scientific backing for its effectiveness. And the bigger issue is, what is this doing to relationships across the country, across the globe? Prioritising a beauty trend, male or female, over personal relationships? Well, my friends, that's what we call problematic. Especially when you're no longer talking to someone because you want to look more beautiful. And it also brings into question the internet's influence on beauty standards and how that can lead to extreme and unhealthy behaviours in other areas of your life. But let's have some fun with this. Of course, gentlemen, if you are all for the mewing in the pursuit of a chiseled jawline, remember to keep your mouth shut, not just to mew, but to avoid all meaningful human interaction. After all, a sculpted jaw is worth more than a thousand words. Or a relationship, apparently. Stay tuned. More from The Troy Murphy Show coming up right after this. IRT Thomas Holt has been caring for older people for over 50 years. As experts in residential aged care, we specialise in general, respite, dementia and palliative care, providing professional and compassionate care with a personal touch. Visit one of our aged care centres across the Sutherland Shire, meet our friendly, experienced team and discover the modern facilities and welcoming atmosphere of our community. To book a tour or for more information, visit irtthomasholt.org.au. Proud sponsors of 2SSR. Have you ever thought about the life you want to lead in retirement? How much will you need to save to achieve it? And will your superannuation be enough? A little bit of planning now can help you reach your retirement goals. At GJ Private Wealth, we take a customised approach to your retirement planning. Our expert team of qualified advisors will work with you to understand your personal situation and retirement goals to provide you with a personalised plan to help you get there. Speak to one of our advisors advisors today by calling 02-8539-7999 or visit www.gjprivatewealth.com.au. GJ Private Wealth are authorised representatives of AMP Financial Planning and are proud sponsors of 2SR. Would you like to be involved in your local not-for-profit radio station? Would you like to become a 2SR volunteer with the opportunity to be a presenter, provide office support or help with community events? If you would like to be part of the 2SR family, call us on 9545 1800 or go to our website 2SR.com.au and click on membership to download the application form. Keeping it smooth in the Shire for over 20 years. Paul E. Routledge and Smooth Jazz. Will Downing. Gerald Albright. Brand new heavies. Paul E. Routledge and Smooth Jazz. Sunday, 6pm for The Drive Home on FM 99.7. All right, let's take a moment to find out 
what's happening around our gorgeous Sutherland Shire. From December 1st until the 24th of December, you can get your photo with Santa down at Cronulla Plaza. This is all thanks to our good friends at the Sutherland Shire Council. From memory, I think you can even get your pets taken with this Santa, but don't quote me on that. Don't quote me on that one at all. Uh, but it's not the sort of thing you can just rock up to, wait in line and get your photo with Santa. You've actually got a book. So be sure to book ahead. If you want a photo with Santa, you can do so by visiting the council website, sutherlandshire.nsw.gov.au, and it's all under the Play and Explore tab. Photos with Santa down at Cronulla Plaza from December 1 to December 24. Never miss a show, listen on demand. Click the Troy Murphy Show on the two SR.com.au homepage program guide. File this next segment under What Would You Do? Hmm, indeed, because I want to know what you would do. Imagine, imagine, <laughs> I know where this is going, that's why I'm giggling now up front. Um, imagine you are on a long distance plane trip, say from country A to country B, you know, it's a good 8, 16, 21-hour flight. And you're sitting there in your chair and you've, you've forked out the little bit of extra cash, cashola, to do the business class flight experience. Yeah, business class. Hmm. You know, because we all like to fly business class because most of us can't afford it. But anyway, you're sitting there. And, and, and good news... Dinner is about to be served. And there you are sitting there going, oh, I've been doing absolutely nothing on this plane for such a long time. Having the distraction of dinner and chewing and eating some food. And of course, it's going to be good food because you paid for business class. It's got to be good food. That's going to be a great distraction for maybe about half an hour. And then maybe after you eat, you're full. You can have a little bit of a nap. There goes a little bit more time of the trip. Do you know where I'm going with this yet? Well, I hope you do. Because you, <laughs> you can only imagine the horror. The horror when you open up the menu... And it reads, for your main course, imported dog food with okra. 
I hope I pronounced that correct. O-R-O-K-R-A. I'm not okay with that pronunciation, but we'll move on. That's what was on the menu for this business class flight. Of course, uh, the airlines, uh, look, this is doing the rounds on the media at the moment. Um, it's uh, China Eastern Airlines. They were the ones who were doing the flight. You know, we've all seen these. Let's just backtrack uh, a second. Uh, we've all seen these. We all know what this is. They weren't actually serving imported dog food with okra on the flight for the meal, for the business class people, the business class, the business class people. But you could imagine the business class people being outraged, paying all that money for the business class flight and the business class food to have imported dog food as their meal. Imported from where would be the first question I would ask. But anyway, we, we've all seen these online. Terrible, terrible Chinese translations into English that has just gone so, so wrong. And that's what this was. It wasn't really dog food that was imported. It was something else. Look, the article says something along the lines of what it was, but that's neither here nor there. All I care about is the English translation. <laughs> and imagining how annoyed the business class people would have been. And of course, of course, everyone on the flight took the photos, took the social media, <laughs> having a uh, <laughs> bit of a complaint. Would have been fine if one of those upper-class snobby people on the flight took their dog on board with them. They could have eaten that fine. But for everyone else, I'm... <laughs> now, I don't know what eventually happened. It's not gone into detail. I'm sure something would have been fixed on board where the translation would have been corrected and people told what they were actually eating instead of a really bad translation but the biggest question well the second biggest question because the biggest question what would have you had have done in this situation the second question to that is well if business class are getting getting the upper class stuff the imported dog food i wonder what uh, you know standard cattle class economy got just the local stuff from the uh, the, uh, the the cheap store in china who knows who knows? But the big question is, and I want you to take to the Troy Murphy Show Facebook page and let me know what would have you done if you were in business class and you received the menu saying that you were eating imported dog food for your main meal on the flight? Would have you been? Would have you even if there was the uh, translation fixed? Would have you still have eaten the food? Because we all know airline food can be very, um, how do I put this delicately so I don't get banned from flying ever again? Airline food can be questionable at the best of times. Jump on the Troy Murphy Show Facebook page and let us know what you would have done. Two Double SR FM, the home of the Troy Murphy Show. 
We do love the weird, wacky and wonderful news from around the world. But get this for weird and wacky and wonderful. File this under as what, what, what? Cow cuddling has become a thing. A thing for therapy. For humans! <laughs> Poor cows, we abuse them already with all the milking and the hamburgering, and now we're cuddling them so we can feel relaxed. Alright, let's explain this. There is a farm in East Yorkshire, and they were unable to sustain a dairy herd, and what they've done to help make the moolah from the cows, they've turned to <laughs> offering people cow cuddling sessions. Now, the cows were trained for months to be calm and customised to human interactions. And the sessions include lying next to cows, brushing cows, and then touring the farm to see the cows. Also, people can relax a little. Again! What, what, what? How does this cow cuddling compare to traditional relaxation methods like taking a bubble bath? Come on! What's worse is that tickets to go and visit this farm are so hard to come by that it's easier to get tickets to popular musical festivals than visiting a cow to calm you down. I tell you what, I'm so outraged. Maybe I need to go and cuddle a cow. I don't know about you, but you know, I have been to farm befores in my life. That didn't make sense. I have been to a farm before in my life <laughs> and I have been to a cow farm before and it's not the most, uh, Aromic experience? Araromic? Whatever the word is. It smells. Cow poop is disgusting. And worse, if you step in a cow poop, what's it? A pate. Pate? Patty? Whatever they're called. I could imagine if I went to go and experience this, I would go there. I would. <laughs> Cuddle my cow, I'd feel all relaxed, and on my way back to the farm, all relaxed and calm, BAM! I'd step in some cow dung, and all the therapy <laughs> would be undone because I'd be spending the next hours trying to not only get everything out of my shoe and possibly inside my shoe, because those things are big. You know they're going to overflow and into your shoe. And then I'm going to be spending hours trying to remove the smell. Disgusting. I don't know what the uh, world is coming to, but I guess if it works for you, it works for you.
it's all over. Just like that. And that's it. The Troy Murphy Show done and dusted for your Thursday night here on 2SR FM. Thanks for tuning in. Don't forget, if you missed any part of the show or want to listen back again, you can do so by listening on demand by heading to the 2SR.com.au website and clicking on the Troy Murphy Show on the live program guide. If you see any local news, want us to follow up on a story or are a community or non for profit organization based in or servicing the Sutherland Shire and want a shout out, email me direct troy.murphy at 2SR.com.au. I'll be back next week from 7 pm for another edition of The Troy Murphy Show. Until next week, my friends, bye for now. 2SR FM 99.7.